we've created all these categories of things that take away human agency. Mm. You know, we've, we've, like, for example, we take, you know, you don't are responsible for being fat or being an addict or, you know, mm -hmm. or being lazy. All of these things have syndromes and, and sicknesses and, and they're, they're no longer no deemed fault. to be things that people have personal agency over yeah. or responsibility to. I coach a soccer team of 12-year-old boys. It's rare to have a practice where a few of them don't arrive late. But with my boys having limited influence over when they arrive, not being the ones actually driving the car, I've had to ask myself if I can hold them accountable for when they arrive at practice. We've taken it as an opportunity to learn about responsibility. And this week's conversation reminded me why that is such an important thing for them to understand. Welcome to Work is Good, a podcast where we aim to help people enjoy and excel at their work. We do this by having conversations about the beliefs, qualities, and habits that make that possible. We also start every episode with a brief housing market update and a mortgage question of the week. My name is Landon Buto with Cleveland Street Mortgage, and I host this show with my dad, Chris Buto, the owner and president at CSM. Please enjoy this week's episode. All right, Dad. Hey. Thanks for joining me again. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. So this week, our topic is responsibility, just taking responsibility and, and what that means, um, what the value of it is, and just kind of a little bit talking about different areas of where that might show up. Mm -hmm. um, but I will start with letting you give us a quick housing market update. What's going on this week? Anything new? Yeah, nothing really, uh, nothing you know, majorly changing. I do think we're, you know, the further we get away from the holidays, um, the more we should begin to look for that um, change in the, in the market in, in terms of sellers coming back on. This is very you know, seasonally true, traditionally true, irrespective of the specific economic conditions. You know, you get into the holidays, people pull their houses off the market, right? Because they don't want to be shown during the holidays. People are focused elsewhere. So you just have a you know, significant reduction in inventory during that time. And I think that's going to be even more true, you know, that as we move into the spring season here, when people start to, you know, thaw out and start thinking about uh, moving again, I do think there are going to be sellers who kind of pulled back last year because of overall economic conditions, felt like interest rates were high. I do think a lot of those people are, are going to need to sell now. And so I think we're going to see more inventory come on. I think buyers should, should pay attention. Got it. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, quick uh, mortgage question. We'll go, um, if you've got, if you've got an option to go seven versus 10% down and it'd be nice to have a little extra cash, um, but, and, and not do that extra, hold on to that 3% on your purchase, does it, does it make a big difference to get to that 10% mark? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, there's several kind of ways to answer that question. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, products you qualify for and pricing and whether mortgage insurance is included and how much that mortgage insurance is included, generally those are impacted at 5% increments. You know, so if you're going to have 7% down versus 10% down, you're looking at a 90% loan to value or a 93% loan to value. The mortgage insurance factor is going to be the same in both of those. You know, now if you only put 5% down, now the mortgage factor is going to be higher because now you're at a 95% loan to value, but, but the mortgage insurance factor is going to be the same between 90 and 95. So putting 7 or 10% down isn't really going to change 
the fund, it's going to change the cost, right? Because, yeah. you know, mortgage insurance is a factor of the loan amount, same as the interest rate, you know, so your payment will be higher if you put less down. Um, but you'd be surprised at how little of an impact that, that makes yeah. on your monthly payment and how important that cash will be. If you're, you know, if we're talking about a purchase transaction, especially if you're a first time home buyer, you know, if you can afford it, hold on to some cash, yeah. you know, because, because you're probably going to need it. Yeah. So it doesn't, you said it, it's impacted the mortgage insurance factors impacted in 5% increments? Typically. Yeah. So like four to five would be a big difference. 4% to 5% down would make a difference. Right, because you, yeah, yeah. Because but you're, what, if it's 5% increments, wouldn't like 9 to 10 be a big difference as well? Well, that's a 1% difference. Yeah, so so basically, you know, the basic... But I'm saying you're getting to that 10% mark, isn't that the next 5% yeah. increment? Um, well, we're really kind of look at, take it, approach it from the other end and just loan to value, right? So, you know, if you're at 80% loan to value, you don't have mortgage insurance. Mm -hmm. Anywhere between 80 and 85, you're going to have mortgage insurance, but no matter where you fall in that realm, it's going to be the same factor. You know, it's, it's going to be like mm -hmm. 0.3 or 0.2, and that's going to be applied to the loan amount and created rate. But then if your loan to value creeps into the 86% realm, right? So 5 so, to 10. Right. You know, so yeah, five, is the so same. anywhere from 86 to 90 is all going to be the same. And then anywhere from 90 to 95 is all going to be the same. And so you're not fundamentally changing the cost structure yeah. by putting 1% more down unless you're going from across one of those thresholds. Right. Okay. Now, you know, now you're borrowing not 90%, but 91%. Well, now, yeah, now you've got a higher factor. So it, it can impact you that way. Okay. Okay. Great. Got it. Well, yeah, I will... Um, I'll kick off the discussion on responsibility here okay. and I, I've been thinking about it a little bit I did I think the thing that prompted it is uh, my, my thought on this topic is that uh, I saw I think this was it I saw a post from JP Dennis oh yeah uh, I, I like JP that one yeah shout out JP <laughs> shout out JP good guy um, and a competitor by the way yeah still a good guy mm-hmm and he he said he opened the post just basically it was he said something like it wasn't until i changed my mindset from i can't to how can i that uh i think he basically said he started being able to own real estate um and and that made a big difference for for their family um and i don't know if that i i don't know his whole story i don't know if that kicked off his career or if that was into his career um, but his point was you know in terms of in the context of real estate he just kind of assumed he couldn't own you know buy more real estate invest in real estate and then he started changing his mindset to how could I and started looking for solutions and that made a big difference that mindset shift and uh, I've been thinking about it in the context of coaching. Uh, a frequent issue that I deal with with my soccer soccer guys, which you know I have a U13 team, uh, so they're 11 and 12 year olds. And frequent issue is that they're they show up late sometimes, and it's difficult to figure out how to deal with that when you know they're not the ones driving. Right. And uh, Often, you know, I will always ask them why they were late. And 
frequently the first thing out of their mouths is, well, my mom wouldn't leave or my dad didn't show up on time or right. something like that. And, you know, that, it, I'm sure that, first of all, it's just impossible for me to know, you know, uh, what the real problem or problems were for, for why it happened. Um, but one thing I can, can know is that there's something they could have done to at least try and that the first thing out of their mouth, the first thing on their mind doesn't need to be an excuse for blaming someone else. So I generally try and encourage them to find a way to take responsibility and find a solution for next time. Um, you know, is there something you could do to, could you ask your dad if you could start leaving five minutes earlier or something like that? Um, and so I've been thinking about it in that context of, you know, just learning responsibility and the value of it. Um, but I want to open up a little bit with just your thoughts on what responsibility is. Um, you know, obviously we, we hear about it all the time to take responsibility and the value of it. Um, but backing up, what are your thoughts on what is it? What's a good definition of responsibility? Yeah, that's great. You know, and I, and I actually pulled two different definitions and we'll, and we'll come back to that kind of later as to why. Yeah. Um, but, but I, I pulled the, you know, the Webster's 1828 dictionary responsibility, you know, definition of responsibility and I pulled the Webster's today. Hmm. And there's a subtle difference there that I think is important, you know, that, that, that speaks to a little bit about how our views on that have changed. But in 1828, you know, the, the definition just says the state of being accountable or answerable as for a trust or office or for a debt. Okay, so that's, you know, that's the simple definition of responsibility, Webster's 1828. Um, the modern definition, also Webster's, says the quality or state of being responsible such as moral, legal, or mental accountability. And there's a subtle difference there that I think is important in explaining some of the ways that, that we've shifted our understanding of responsibility and our approach to that and the impacts that it has on us culturally and business and in many different ways. Yeah. Okay, I'm kind of tuned out for your definitions. Can you read those again? Yeah, yeah, no problem. So, um, Webster's 1828, the state of being accountable or answerable as for a trust or office or for a debt. The modern definition, also Webster's, the quality or state of being responsible, such as a moral, legal, or mental accountability. So what is the distinction you're getting at? I'm curious. Well, the distinction I'm getting at is, you know, kind of, kind of one of your questions that we talked about a little bit is, you know, has the consensus or public view of responsibility changed over the years and how? And, and I think culturally we've progressively moved further and further away from assigning moral agency hmm. and therefore responsibility to individuals in many ways. So and, what's the wording? And, and I think the wording here is they added mental accountability, right? So, so we've added this layer, where, whereas Webster's is more black and white, objective. It's the yeah. state of being accountable. Um, okay? You are accountable, whereas the modern definition adds this kind of layer of mental accountability. That, we're, that well, well, not just thinking, but it also relates to kind of mental capacity. And, and you know, we've, and I, and I think that's, you know, that's kind of where I was going with that definition, by adding that sort of idea of mental accountability we have created the ability to say, well, they're not really accountable because they're not mentally capable of that. There's a sickness, there's a syndrome, those, uh, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I mean, you know, it's easy to think about it. The obvious and current way to think about it is, is well, you know, 
it's just harmful to take risk. There's, there's no benefit in taking responsibility. It's just blame and, you know, it's just a question of who gets the blame. So what's the point of, you know, is there really any value in, in trying to figure out who's responsible or are you just figuring out who gets the blame? Um, but I mean, obviously, if you really think about it and you do start to think, of what, think in terms of responsibility, um, kind of like JP was talking about there, then you set yourself up so, for so much more opportunity. Um, if you start thinking, if you don't take responsibility, then you do limit yourself to what everyone around you is doing or what circumstances you're in. No, I think I I absolutely agree. One one you know example. I I do think you have to differentiate between blame and responsibility because yeah, everything yeah. that you're to blame for, you're responsible for. But not everything you're responsible for are you to blame for, right? So think about you know uh, one of the you know illustrations that that I've seen for that is like you know the captain of a of a, of a naval vessel at sea. You know if the midshipman in the night watch runs aground. You know, is the captain to blame for that? Well, no, but he's responsible for it, right? He's yeah. responsible for the whole ship. So he's accountable and responsible, but he's not really to blame. And I think that's, you know, and, and, and I think of it, let's bring it down really narrow and very specific to our business in escrow. One of the ways I, you know, I think about that to kind of illustrate your point, and I think it goes back to, you know, what you were wisely instructing your, 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 your kids in, you know, is don't think of it in terms of, hey, I have, somebody else that I can blame for this. Therefore, that's the end of my thinking about it. Right. Um, you know, in our business, for example, um, you know, we're responsible to get loan documents to escrow. And then escrow is responsible to sign the borrowers and then to order the wire and make sure the wire gets done. Well, you know, for example, I had, you know, I had one, you know, two that are supposed to fund here this week, one today. And as of yesterday, you know, escrow had not ordered the wire yet. Well, I'm not, I'm not, directly responsible for that yeah okay but if that doesn't happen in time i'm able to influence the outcome in a positive way for my borrowers and it is my job for my borrowers to make sure that their experience is great and all the parties involved the realtors and everybody else and so i have the ability to say even though it's not my job to make sure that they order the wire on time i was able to reach out to escrow and say hey by the way did you know you can order that wire today it'll go out first thing in the morning you know you go ahead and get that wire ordered today so we're not waiting till last minute to do that so i i think that's the positive way that you can take responsibility for things you know there are responsibilities that exist apart from your actions mm -hmm. and then there are there are ways that you can take responsibility and by taking responsibility do a better job for whatever you know whatever constituency you're serving whether it be your clients or your family or whoever um, you know, your team, in your, in your case, take responsibility and do all you can to influence the outcome for good and, and that will always inure to your benefit. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you, there's a, just kind of off the cuff, as I was thinking before, um, without looking up the definition, the ideas that I came up with for what it is is essentially like taking control and authority at taking and acknowledging control and authority over your circumstances, um, over the, over your surroundings, and you know I'm sure that's not a exhaustive definition, but I I do think there has to be some you know first you acknowledge your opportunity to control something, um, and then there's some level of authority in the sense that 
you know, you have to step up, you know, authority flows to, to those who step up and, and take yeah. authority and you have to, you know, step up and, and as long as it is something that's going to benefit others around you, then, um, being, being, having some foresight to, to, to solve problems is everyone's going to be on board with that. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, you, you provide so much more opportunity both for yourself and for others when I, I, I think that's a helpful way of framing it is just when you think of how can I, uh, versus I can't. Right. And it's really easy to think in that I can't way at, you know, not to make everything about coaching, but it's on my mind right yeah. now. Um, as a coach, you know, that, that line becomes really obvious because I remember thinking as a player, you know, like I was frustrated with coaches because it was in their control of whether we were doing certain things as a team or, um, whether certain behavior was tolerated or, or what we were doing. And it's easy to stop thinking that way now that I'm in the position of a coach. Um, uh, yeah, no, it is in my control, you know, after we lose the game or after we don't perform, you know, the result isn't necessarily in your control, but the performance is, you know, what did you do in the two weeks leading up to it? What behaviors did you address? What things did you talk about? Um, and once you start recognizing those things, you, you just set yourself up for so much more opportunity and for, for people around you too. Yeah. You bet. Anything you'd add there? No, I absolutely agree. I mean, it's, um, you know, you, you, you asked the question, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, why, why is it important? You know, why yeah. is, you know, yeah. why is responsibility important? I don't know if you were going there next, um, anyway, but, um, you know, um, human responsibility and, and human flourishing go hand in hand. You know, um, Chesterton talked about, you know, when, when he was observing kind of the, 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 you know, the, the social and governmental instincts to, you know, to greater and greater um, uh, authoritarian technocratic control of an, you know, uh, of an economy, of a society, you know, by big government. And he said, this is inherently wrong because it, dis it denies something inherently or fundamentally inhuman, the responsibility to make moral choices. And I think you see that in the scriptures, you know, it says, he who spares his son, uh, spared to the rod, hates his son, but he who loves him discipline, disciplines him promptly. Proverbs 13, 24. And then also, the lazy man buries his hand in the bowl that wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. Proverbs 26, 15. And discipline is a means of assigning resp responsibility, and responsibility blesses the recipient. It's so important, you know, if, if we are not held accountable or responsible for our actions, then our actions will invariably deteriorate. You know, the outcomes, and I, you know, I've definitely seen that, you know, for yeah. example, in, you know, in credit profiles, you know, again, to bring it kind of really narrowly down micro into our business, yeah. into mortgage, credit profiles, almost invariably, you know, when I see someone, you know, everybody's got little things here and there and things right. that happen, you know, you know, that's common. Yeah. But when you see someone who's just got a credit report full of bad choice, you know, bad performance, bad. Yeah. consistently bad, it is almost universal that when we're talking they are not taking personal responsibility for that they're mm -hmm. blaming all kinds of other people oh it was my divorce my ex-wife or you know uh, there's all manner of excuses that people have 
And sure, things happen, and, and, and that's normal, but when you have a history accumulated like that, almost invariably, there is a trail of not taking responsibility. Yeah. And, and that's a really hard client to take on because you know it's very difficult to, to bring any sort of reform right. before someone will take personal responsibility. And that's why, you know, discipline is a form of love, you know. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not a question of, you know, are you going to love someone uh, like, you know, I mean, the other thing, you know, let's take it broader into culturally, you know, many cities you, you just see able-bodied men begging on every corner in many right. cities, right? And, you know, who are you loving there? You know, you're not living that individual by subsidizing that effort because responsibility blesses an individual. You know, he, taking responsibility for your, your way of life, your means of income, blesses that individual. It also blesses society. You know, all you know, you're you're loving society by also requiring all individuals to take responsibility for their actions. It, it results in in you know in a very um, in, in a much better cultural environment to live within. You know, when people are taking responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's kind of a hard mindset to get into um, if you if you're not. I mean. Even if you are familiar with the idea, or especially if you if you're just, it's just kind of a, it's not the way our culture talks a lot of times right now, um, and so looking for ways to take responsibility of your surroundings and control over them, and um, it's it's a hard mindset to get into, but I do think, and, and I'm I'm not at the point certainly where I'm. I have a habit in all areas of asking, you know, what, how could, how can I, um, and that's that's something I'd like to make habitual and just a way I look at right. look at life because I know I, thinking back and just different roles, jobs I've had, uh, jobs I currently have, I frequently frame it in terms of I can't, which means someone else should have basically. Right. Like it puts the blame right. on someone else. Um, and so, yeah, I think recognizing that you you can frame things that way and it's helpful to, and then starting to be aware of areas where you're not framing things that way and, and you should start to do that, um, you'll start to see it and uh, I hope to start to see it, you know, move, moving on. Um, so helpful, helpful discussion. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, um, I, want, I want to finish yeah, with, you know, kind of one fu final thought is, you know, the power of responsibility, you know, yeah. you know kind of an illustration. And, and I really want to go to the most profound level. You know, um, you know, the scriptures were told that Christ is head of the church, right? And, and what did he do, you know, as head of the church? He wasn't, he wasn't to blame for all the blemishes on the church, for the sin and, and, and the ugliness of it all. But he took responsibility for it. And he washed it in his own blood, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so look, look at that ultimate act where where Christ took responsibility, and what he did was he went in and found a way to clean it up and then present it back to himself as beautiful. And I think that's how we need to think about it in all the details. You know, it kind of goes back to you, to your soccer team, to that first charge to your boys to say, okay, let's, let's change our way of thinking about this, not of whose fault is this, mm -hmm. but what can I do to make this situation better than for me and then for the team and then for the whole organization. And, and I think if we approach everything that way, you know, in business and in your family life mm -hmm. and you know, however, how can I 
act in such a way that regardless of who's to blame, regardless of who's primarily responsible for this, can I act in such a way to improve the situation? And then, like you said earlier, you know, authority flows to those who take that responsibility because they recognize this, hey, whenever this person steps in, things get better, mm. things go well. And I want things to go well. Everybody wants things to go well. And so that, you know, so that you, you do end up having that authority flow to you because you take responsibility. Yeah, it's great. Awesome. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening to Work is Good. If you enjoyed it, share it, leave a review, and listen next week.